March 17th, the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 36 through 52. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher and was very old. She was a widow, for her husband had died when they'd been married only seven years. She was now 84 years old. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about Jesus to everyone who had been waiting for the promised king to come and deliver Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom beyond his years, and God placed his special favor upon him. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was twelve years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first, because they assumed he was with friends among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him. He was in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, discussing deep questions with them. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. You should have known that I would be in my father's house. But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. So Jesus grew both in height and in wisdom. And he was loved by God and by all who knew him. Jeremiah chapter 2. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me. You followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Remember, this is God speaking. And sometimes we think of God as like this machine up there, this, you know, with no feeling. He just judges. He just controls everything. You guys, listen to the words he uses. God is speaking to this nation and he says, I remember how devoted you were to me. But then he says in in verse 5, What fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me? Doesn't that sound like so many of our lives? Where we were so connected with God, God made things so wonderful, and then we run away towards something else. Something else entices us, and God's left there going, What did I do? My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. The people committed two sins. One was they chose their sin. But I think what really broke the heart of God was that they chose their sin over Him. God's going, 
Wait a second. So you left me, the spring of living water, to go do your own thing because you thought maybe you could dig a hole big enough and then fill it up with water so this would be a better supply? He goes, and it's a broken cistern. It doesn't even hold water. That's what temptation is. Things that draw us away from Him. Things that we choose over a love relationship. And it's not that you don't love God. You love God, right? I mean, you love God in your heart, but every once in a while there's this reality of there's this real pull from inside of you towards something that God prohibits. And you're feeling it so bad. And you're going, what is wrong with me? I know I love God. Why do I feel this way? We're going, God, I don't want to go there. And we know it's not going to fulfill. We know we can't be happy outside of God. But everything in us is pulling us that way. What do we do? Here's what we do. The Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He says, set your mind on things above, not earthly things. It's the idea of a person being so focused on this love relationship, you're not even noticing anything else. You don't know what else is going on in the room. You're just so focused on Jesus, so in love and so thinking about eternal things. That's the idea. We have to run toward Jesus, the author and perfecter. We have to fix our eyes on him so that all these things are dangling in front of our face, but we don't even notice it. There's one reason why you should walk away from whatever temptation you're facing right now. There's just one reason. God is better. He is. He's so much better. It's not even a comparison. God is better. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. We'll read about being broken. David and Joab were leading the armies of Israel against two enemies in the north when a third enemy invaded in the south. When you get one problem solved, another one comes along, doesn't it? It seemed that God had abandoned his people and that the end was near. We'll read also about being bold. As David did not run away, instead, he boldly lifted God's banner of truth and listened for God's word of assurance. The Lord is our banner and we can trust Him to give the victory. His banner over us is love. He sings over us. We are, in fact, God's love song. The name David means beloved. God's people are beloved, not in themselves, but in Jesus Christ, the Beloved One. In the midst of life's battles, remember that God loves you. And we'll read about believing. God assured David that he was in control of the nations. So David and Joab stepped out by faith and won both battles. When you feel broken, you are still his beloved. If you believe, you can boldly win the battle. So remember to march under God's banner of truth. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. For the choir director, a psalm of David. Useful for teaching regarding the time David fought Aram Nahiram and Aram Zobah, and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt, to be sung to the tune, Lily of the Testimony. You have rejected us, O God, and broken our defenses. You have been angry with us, 
Now restore us to your favor. You have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks before it completely collapses. You have been very hard on us, making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who honor you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Use your strong right arm to save us, and rescue your beloved people. God has promised this by His holiness. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim will produce my warriors, and Judah will produce my kings. Moab will become my lowly servant, and Edom will be my slave. I will shout in triumph over the Philistines. But who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for He will trample down our foes. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 15 Guaranteeing a loan for a stranger is dangerous. It is better to refuse than to suffer later.